Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start Hebrews chapter 6. It'll take this podcast and the next podcast to finish this chapter. But I just want to say thank you for uh, giving us a listen today as we've been uh, breaking down the book of Hebrews. Man, what what a book. Uh, this Hebrew author writing to Jewish Christians who were there because of persecution their faith is kind of fading away and the author is just encouraging them to stick with jesus do not leave jesus and he gives them and in this chapter he gives them a very very stern warning uh what would happen if they decide to leave jesus but in the first five chapters he is just pumping up jesus and He's telling them how Jesus is better than the angels. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is our great high priest. And, 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 and so he's pumping up Jesus just to encourage them to stick it out with Jesus, just to remember how awesome Jesus is, even in the midst of persecution. Because he's saying, yes, you, you, you've, you've gone through some terrible, terrible sufferings for his name's sake. He says, yes, your faith, it's starting to waver. And, and, and so I want to encourage you to keep going and to not give up, to finish that race, to get across that finish line. And then at the end of chapter 5, he scolds them a little bit by telling them that they need to get off their spiritual milk and move on to some spiritual meat, some solid food. In other words, it's time to grow up and move on. And, and he says, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So in other words, he's saying, look, you, you're just not there yet. Yeah, you may have been put in uh, jail. You, you may have been beaten. You may have lost your stuff, but you're not mature in Christ because your your faith is wavering and you're walking away from Christ. He says, it's time to get off this milk. And, and and grow up and he's going to continue this theme uh, in chapter 6 at the beginning when he says so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God you don't need further instruction about baptisms the laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Now, I want to keep hounding this point over and over again that the author is speaking to Jewish Christians who have decided to follow Jesus. They have put Christ on in baptism. Maybe they have gifts. I don't know. But because he talks about the laying on of hands there in that pre, in that in that verse that we just read, but these people are following Jesus. They have come out of Judaism, a religion that's been around for thousands of years with the Jews. But Judaism is now empty because their Messiah that they've been looking for has now come, 
and he has also gone. He's ascended back to heaven and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in a place of honor and authority. But the reason that I keep pounding this point in is because of what he is about to say in the next set of verses. And it's some heavy, heavy stuff. And if you think about it, denominations, church flavors, however you want to say it, they, they, they say things, they, they have this belief of, of once saved, always saved. Or they say something like, nobody can lose their salvation. And, and, and let me be 100% clear here. I totally agree with with eternal security that our salvation is not in question as long as we're walking with jesus to the best of our ability on a daily basis and 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 i know there's power in the blood i know we're saved by grace it's not of works not that any man should boast i i know all of that but i also read the book of hebrews and i'm also breaking down the book of hebrews and and i also read some of the comments that this hebrew author tells his readers and as we're going to see like i said in this chapter he gives them a very stern warning in this in this chapter particular but not only in this chapter throughout the whole book that if they leave jesus they are in uh danger and a lot of their soul is very much in danger but i want to make it a hundred percent clear that i am uh, in favor, I am in agreement with eternal security as long as we continue to walk with Jesus on a daily basis. That we, like Paul says, we die to self each and every day and, and, and that we put on uh, our armor, God's armor that Paul talks about in Ephesians 6. And that on a daily basis, we choose to put ourselves aside and live for Jesus. Um, some churches teach that the per, uh, that the person was never saved to begin with, that their confession was heartfelt uh, or wasn't heartfelt, or they just got wet when they got baptized because their heart wasn't in it. But that's clearly not the case with this audience of the book of Hebrews. They have given their lives to Jesus. They were following Jesus. They were literally carrying their cross and following Jesus. Jesus to the point that they are being persecuted they're being beaten they're they're losing their possessions so they were absolutely following Jesus that is a very important um, aspect of this book and especially this chapter as what he's about to say to them here in a few minutes uh, but they have given their lives to Jesus. They're following him on a daily basis. They suffer some persecution, but their faith was fading because of that persecution. And the author of Hebrews is pleading with, with his readers to stay with Jesus and not go back into Judaism. And listen to what he tells them uh, in verses 4 through 8. And this is, this is very heavy, to say the least. He says, For it is impossible... To bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible 
to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. When the ground soaks up falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessings. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it's useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Now I want to read that passage again. This is what the Hebrew author says to his Jewish Christians who are their faith is starting to fade and they're 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 losing confidence in Jesus in God and they're they're because of their persecution they're facing they're going back into Judaism and so he is writing this letter to encourage them to stick with Jesus stay with Jesus and he's been building Jesus up through these first 5 chapters and he comes down and says this he lays down the hammer for it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They themselves are nailing Him to the cross once again and holding Him up to public shame. When the ground soaks up the falling rain, and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessings. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it's useless. And the farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Now, I see why people stay away from the book of Hebrews. Because, especially in our churches today, we want the preacher's sermons to give us the warm fuzzies. And we don't want to be told the truth. And the truth is, living the Christian life is not easy. Following Jesus, when he, Jesus says, "Take up my cross, take up your cross, and follow me," well, when you look at the cross, the cross is is a place of pain. It's a place of of death. It's a place of of, of public humiliation because they were hung out on these crosses for the public to outside the city gates for the public to come by. And, and, and their own public displays, they're lay there trying to breathe, and, and they're laying there basically about to take their last breath. It's a place of public humiliation. So following Jesus is not easy. Living the Christian life is not easy. And especially if you're one of these Jewish Christians who are being persecuted, it would be very hard. We in America don't really know what persecution is about. There's a few of us that are persecuted, but not to the degree of these people were. They're being put in jail. They're being beaten, and they're losing their possessions because they follow Jesus. So I can kind of understand their position because their lives are literally being threatened. And so it would be very difficult if I'm having to watch my family being persecuted uh, to continue to follow Jesus when I can go back into this religion over here, Judaism, and it's safe and, and, and I don't have to worry about what's going on. I can still serve God in, in, you know, with doing these rituals the way I was before I came to Jesus. But living for Jesus takes a lot of self-discipline, and it takes a lot of accountability. Two things that many people do not have today, nor do they want it. 
because we don't we don't like being told what to do or how to live because we want control of our lives. We, we, we want to make our own decisions. We don't want people telling us how to live. And we sure don't want people telling us what to do. But when we give our lives to Jesus, that's exactly what we're doing. We are, we are giving Jesus control of our lives. We are giving God the, the joystick, if you will. When I was a kid, I had the Atari 2600. And you know you played the game with the joystick, and now it's it's the Xboxes and the, and the uh, and the Playstations and and you got the controllers. We don't want to give God the controller of our life. We want to at least think we're in control of our life. But God's sovereign; He's still in control, whether we whether we give Him the controller or not. But we don't like being told what to do. And when we come to Jesus, and this is a, one of the reasons why a lot of people will not come to Jesus. Because they know that, that God has given us a love letter that, is, that tells us how we should live that would be pleasing to Him. And we want to be pleasing to ourselves. And we don't want to know what, what's pleasing to God. We don't want, somebody, we don't want a, a person that we can't even see telling us how to live our lives. And so... Hey, if I don't come to Jesus, then I can just do whatever I want to and live the way I want to. And and, and there's no accountability and, 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 and there's no consequences. But unfortunately, for people who think like that, they're wrong. And there will one day uh, be some accountability. And there will be uh, consequences that will follow. And it'll be too late. But following Jesus, it's not easy. And too many times people will give God, uh, uh, well, they'll give God the joystick for a short period of time. But over time, they, they begin to, to, to fade away um, because of, of, it's just hard following Jesus. And, and discouragement comes, the enemy comes against us, and and. and and, and just like these Hebrew Christians who are, or these Jewish Christians who are being persecuted, when something hard comes along, people, they've been on what we call on fire for Jesus. And they've been on fire for a little while. And then their fire just begins to fade away until it becomes a little amber. And then the next thing you know, it, it's like the, the uh, charcoal out there on my grill that hadn't, that, that burned out several days ago when I grilled my burgers. It, 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 it's just a cold gray piece of charcoal and, and and that's what happens over time and 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 it's like game over I, I, I'm taking my joystick back and I'm going to live my own life I'm going to do what I want to do and that's what's going on with some of these Jewish Christians they're tired of the persecution they're tired of being beaten they're tired of being put in jail they're, they're tired of their family being threatened they're tired of losing their possessions and, and, and so they're going back into Judaism and, and trying to serve God that way. And so that's why the author gives them this stern warning. And the warning even applies to us as well. And that's why I, I wanted to read that stern warning twice. Because it's not my words. It's, it's the words of the author of Hebrews. And so he, he's going to give them... An example uh, of a farmer's field. He says, When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessings. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it's useless. 
the farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Well, the, here's the deal. We are the field because the rain falls on all fields. If it's raining in that area, it doesn't matter if you have a crop planted or if you don't have a crop planted. If it's raining in that area, your field is getting wet. And in and, 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 and another passage, the Bible says, uh, it's in one of the Gospels, that the, the, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. It, when it rains, it doesn't matter if, if I'm at, uh, I was at the uh, grocery store this morning and it's a thunderstorm, lightning like crazy, pouring down rain. You know what? Anybody who walks outside of their house, that morning, whether they are a Christian or not, they got wet. Whether they're walking to their car, getting out of their car and walking to the store or walking into work, whatever, they got wet. It didn't matter if they followed Jesus or do not follow Jesus. They got wet. You know why? Because it was storming and it was raining very hard and they got wet. And they may have had an umbrella or they may have had a rain jacket, but you know what? The rain was still falling down on them because we are the field. Whether we have crops planted on it or whether we don't have crops planted on it, the rain fell on the fields and the, the ground soaked up the rain. And so the question I have is, you know, we all get wet, but what, what do we do with the rain that falls? Do we bear good crops and have God's blessings or do we produce thorns? Because th- we're producing something, whether you know it or not, whether you realize it or not. We're either producing fruit for God or we're uh, producing thorns and thistles and we're not doing anything for God. We either have God's blessings or we're just a field that's producing nothing and the farmer who is God is going to condemn the field and soon burn it. He's talking about hell. I mean, he's just flat out talking about hell. And, and Jesus alludes to this. Uh, he, Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven in the Gospels. So, again, whether you choose to believe heaven exists and hell exists, that's up to you. I'm just telling you what the Bible says about both places. And if you choose not to believe in it, that's okay. You have that right. You 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 have that choice. God has given you that opportunity to decide and if you decide that, that they don't exist hey that does not change the fact that they do exist that heaven exists and hell exists and and hell is was originally built and for the uh the devil and his angels or his demons but in the book of revelation it says those whose names are not found written in the book of life they're going to be cast into hell with the devil and his demons for eternity so you know make the choice it's your choice you can either go to heaven you can go to hell you choose to accept jesus and 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 take up your cross and follow him you go to heaven if you choose to reject jesus and you don't take up your cross and follow him you go to hell it's that simple you can either believe it or you don't it's your choice i choose to believe it and that's why I try to, to uh, the best of my abilities, live for Jesus on a daily basis. Do I fall short? You better believe it, because I'm a sinner. I'm human. But that's where grace and mercy come in, and compassion and all that good stuff that, that God offers. But going back to this field, we are the field. The rain falls on all fields, even 
the fields that bear, that has a crop and the fields that do not have a crop. Um, the field that that uh, does not produce a crop it produces thorns and thistles, and and so if if you have ever been to Cade's Cove you you're, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, in, in Cade's Cove they do what in other places, but I'm just using Cade's Cove as an example. But they would every year they do uh, controlled burns. Uh, because if, if, if you've ever walked through the fields at Cade's Cove to get a picture of a bear, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Them, them fields come up with all kinds of thorns and stuff, and they'll, they'll grab your pants legs. And if you're wearing shorts, they'll just, they'll just cut your legs all to pieces. And, and so these, these, uh, fire departments will come in and do these controlled burns to, to clear some of that out ever so often. Um, and so the author is telling his readers here, you are a useful field and God is blessing you. But if you leave Jesus and you go back to Judaism, you will become useless and you will no longer have God's blessings. So the bottom line is, Jesus is here for everybody, for you, for me, for your family, for your friends, your enemies, for everybody. He died on the cross for the sins of all men and all women. The question becomes, what are we going to do with Jesus? Are we going to choose to accept him and, and live for him or reject him and do our own thing? Because if we've accepted him and and the question becomes, are we living for him on a daily basis? Does, does, does Jesus affect the decisions I make on a daily basis? Every, every day that I get up and, I, and, I, and, and I've got to make a choice. Am I, is this choice, how is this choice that I'm about to make going to affect Jesus in my life? Is this going to draw me closer to Jesus or away from Jesus? Is this going to hurt my witness for Jesus? Or is this going to uh, make my witness for Jesus better? If this, is going, if this decision is going to hurt my uh, witness for Jesus, then I better stay away from it. And, and, and that's what it's like following Jesus on a, on a daily basis. We're putting him first. We're, we're taking our selfish desires and, and wants and needs and and, and putting them to the side, and we're putting what Jesus wants, what God wants in our lives first. And so how does Jesus affect our decisions that we make on a daily basis? And then when we step, take a step back or we allow people to look into our lives at our field, if you will, the question becomes, are we useless? Are we just full of thorns and thistles, or are we useful are we producing crops for god's kingdom are we producing the fruit of the spirit are are we seeing experiencing the blessings of god and if we are producing fruit and crop then we are a useful field and not and that and i hope and pray that that's that's you out there today and me so after this stern warning uh, the Hebrew author, he's going to soften the blow a little bit by telling them that he believes in them 
And then he's going to encourage them uh, in verses 9 through 12. He says, Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we don't really believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation, for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts, in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Now listen to those words that he carefully uses. I mean, he literally you can you can literally hear his language and how he carefully chose his words and his thoughts to encourage these Jewish Christians and to build them up and to to encourage them to keep going and to not give up. And the first thing that he says to them, he says, "We we really don't believe this stern warning that I have given you about turning away from God." We, we really don't believe it applies to you. In other words, we believe in you and that you will not leave Jesus and that you will finish your race, that you will continue to endure this persecution and that you will keep going until you cross that finish line. And then he says, we are confident that you are meant for better things. Well, what's one of the things that they've been lacking through chapters 1 through 5? Confidence. That's why he says in Hebrews 10, 35, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Don't throw away your confidence. And that's what they were doing. They, they were lacking confidence in Jesus because of this persecution. They're thinking that, that he doesn't care about them or they shouldn't be going through this situation if they're following Jesus and, 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 and so now they're going through this persecution that their faith is, is beginning to fade away. And they are lacking confidence. And, and, and so he tells them, he says, We are confident that you are meant for better things. He reassures the Jewish Christians that they are our confident people and that they are meant for better things. And then he tells them, for God is not unjust. In other words, this persecution you're suffering or have suffered in the past, God's son went through the very same thing. Jesus himself went through suffering. Jesus went through persecution. And he knows exactly what you're going through. And a matter of fact, Jesus even told he told them, he told the the disciples, and he tells us in his in, 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 in the gospels that we will be persecuted for his name's sake. And here's an example Matthew chapter ten, verses sixteen through twenty five. Jesus says, Look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves, talking to his disciples. So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves, but be aware. For you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and the other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking, but it will be the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. In other words, the Holy Spirit. A brother will betray his brother to death. 
A father will betray his own child. A ch- the children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And all nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one town, flee to the next. I tell you the truth, the Son of Man will return before you have reached all the towns of Israel. Students are not greater than their teacher, and slaves are not greater than their master. Students are to be like their teacher, and slaves are to be like their master. And since I, the master of the household, have been called the prince of demons, the members of my household will be called by even worse names. Jesus warns that those who follow him, those who put on their cross and, and take up their cross and follow him, they will or we will be persecuted we will be hated even by our own family members and so the the hebrew author is reminding them of this that god is not unjust and he's saying god is not putting this persecution on you it's coming from the enemy because the enemy hated jesus and they're they're not after you they are after jesus that is living inside of you they don't hate you they hate jesus who is living and dwelling inside of you. So remember, stay with Jesus. And then he says, he will not forget, talking about Jesus or God, he will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for others, other believers, as you still do. So one of the best ways that we can encourage somebody is to reinforce their strengths and what they're doing really well. Oh, you're loving people. You're loving people well. Continue to do that. You've been doing such a good job of that. Oh, you've been meeting people's needs inside the church. And so continue doing that. And that's what he tells them. He says, you have worked hard for God in the past. And God will never forget what you have done. And and and. And what were they doing well? They were loving people. And that's exactly what Jesus told us to do. What's the two greatest commandments? Or what's the greatest commandment? The the Pharisee asked Jesus. Or the religious leader asked Jesus. And Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. But then Jesus adds a second one to it. He says, And the second one is just as powerful. It's just as strong. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who's my neighbor? Then he gives the the parable of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Your neighbor is anybody that you know that has a need. You go and meet that need. That's the whole purpose of the, the story of the Good Samaritan. The Samaritan helped the Jew. They hated each other. That should never happen. But the Samaritan still took time after the Jewish rabbi and the priest and all these religious people passed by and left the guy for dead their own their own kind the samaritan comes along and helps uh the jew who is laying there beaten up and left for dead in the ditch and jesus says you love like this you go and meet people's needs like this good samaritan met the need of this jew and this is what they're doing well. They are loving people and they are meeting people's needs. And they and he says, continue to do that. You've done a great job. And then he tells them, he says, uh, he's wanting to encourage them by, by building them up and telling them how, you know, what they're doing well. And he says, our great desire, 
is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts. In other words, keep doing what you're doing. Keep loving others and keep meeting needs. Don't stop what you're doing until you cross that finish line and your life is over. So you see how don't leave Jesus. You got to stay faithful. You got to continue to love and continue to meet needs until you take your last breath on this earth, whether it comes through persecution or you live to be an old man or an old woman. Continue to love, continue to meet needs, continue to serve until you until as long as well the way he puts it is as loving others as long as life lasts so as long as there's breath in your body continue doing what you're doing don't leave jesus and go back into judaism stick with jesus and so that's what he says our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts and he says our great desire oh why would he tell them that because he says our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true what is it that they they hope for well they hope to be in heaven with jesus when they take their last breath that that's what if we're following jesus today that is the great hope is that we when we take our last breath and our heart beats for the last time that we go to be with Jesus, our Savior, the, the, the Passover Lamb who sacrifices life for us that our sins can be washed away, that we will be with Jesus for eternity. But to make it there, he says, you have to keep loving, you have to keep sharing, you have to keep meeting needs until we take our last breath. He says, then they will become spiritually dull and indifferent. Or you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Uh, one of the worst things for me, and I'm just speaking for myself, uh, is idle time. Idle time. My personality is I, I, I've always, I'm just, I go, 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 go. When I was a kid, I was just constantly going and going and going and going until I, I, I just couldn't go no more. I, and I would just crash. And, and around 10 o'clock at night, I'd been going all day long, skateboarding all over town, playing sports, playing baseball, playing basketball, my friends, doing all this stuff. And even as an adult, I, 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 I'm, I'm still basically the same way. I go and I go and I go and I go until, I, you know, it, I'm 49 years old, so I, I can't go like I used to, but I still I still exercise. I still play sports. I still skateboard. Uh, and I still do a lot of things, but I get tired a whole lot easier. But I don't like idle time. Idle time for me it, it, it's dangerous because my mind begins to wander and I, I tend to do dumb stuff and, and I make bad choices uh, because it just it's just bad. Uh, and I'm a sinner. I, I, I make bad choices. I am one of those who needs to stay busy and I need to stay focused. And maybe that's because people say I have ADHD. I don't know. But the author is saying to them, he says, you need to keep busy so you don't lose focus. 
Keep busy loving people. Keep busy meeting people's needs so that you will not become spiritually dull or indifferent. The NIV says that they won't become lazy. Um, I don't use the message very much, but the message uh, he, the, the message puts these verses like this. He says, I'm sure that won't happen to you, friends. I have better things in mind for you, salvation things. God doesn't miss anything. He knows perfectly well all the love you have shown him by helping needy Christians and that you keep it, you keep at it. And now I want each of you to extend that same intensity toward a full-bodied hope and keep it, keep at it till the finish. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. Now, I like the way that, that, that the message words that. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course. And say that's what the Hebrew author is trying to get them to do. Stay with Jesus. Stay the course. Don't fade away. Don't go back into Judaism. Stay the course. Continue doing what you're doing. Continue loving people. Continue meeting needs. Stay the course with committed faith. Because later on, it's all going to be worth it. Because then you're going to get everything promised to you. But you've got to stay the course. And that's a stern warning. And, 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 and before we close this podcast, I want to go back when he says a full-bodied hope. This hope is not uh, a hope that uh, I hope that I'm saved. We, we in 1 John, and I'm, I'll talk more about this in the next podcast, I believe, but uh, for time's sake, but I just want to mention that this we don't have a hope-so salvation. We have a no-so salvation john says i've written these things to you that you may know that you are saved and to go along with that we are being saved on a daily basis by the blood of jesus christ and by his grace and by his mercy but if you Put all these verses with Hebrews and, and other verses that Paul uses and the passage that James talks about, about uh, faith without works is dead. Well, we don't work to be saved, but we work because we are saved. And, and that's what's going on with these, he- with these Jewish Christians here in the book of Hebrews. They're saved and they are working not to be saved, but because they are saved and they love Jesus and they want to show the example of Jesus to people in their community and in, 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 the, in their brothers and sisters in Christ. And so they are working. But because of persecution, they have, they have kind of drawn back. They, they, have, they have let their faith fade away. And they're, they're leaving Jesus and going back into Judaism. And he's saying, look, stay the course. Stay with Jesus. Continue doing what you do well. Continue loving others. Continue meeting other people's needs keep at it until you take your last breath and when you do take your last breath this hope that we have about being with jesus in heaven you're going to see it happen when you take your last breath and you've been faithful to jesus you will be in heaven for eternity with our savior who paid the price for us so don't quit keep going I want to end by saying this. Uh, 
It's clear from the book of Hebrews, and we're going to continue to see this, but it's clear, 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 clear from the book of Hebrews that we as followers of Jesus, we must love one another, we must meet each other's needs, and we must stay at it. Keep going, keep working until we take our last breath if we want to make it to heaven. So many start the journey, but over time they simply fade away and they become a useless field that soaks up the rain and becomes nothing but mud puddles, just full of thorns and thistles. As long as we put Christ first and continue to walk with Him on a daily basis, we're going to be fine because He is in control and not us. He's the one that does the saving, not us. I'm pretty sure as long as we are following Christ, we are in, but much better than Allstate, we are in better hands with Jesus. What do you do for the kingdom of God? That's a question I want to leave you with. What do you do for the kingdom of God? What is your special talent that you use in the church? in God's kingdom, to glorify God. I want to encourage you to take what you do for the kingdom of God and keep doing it. And don't lose your focus. Keep doing it to glorify God because soon it's all going to be worth it. So keep at it. Just like the Hebrew author says, keep loving And keep meeting needs. Keep glorifying God. And keep walking with Jesus until we take our last breath on this earth and our heart beats for the last time because once we cross into eternity, there's no turning back. There's no second chances. Walk with Jesus on a daily basis. You may face persecution. You, you, you You may be hated. He may be all these things that Jesus warned us about, but He was. And He was faithful unto death. We must be faithful unto death. And that's what I want to encourage you today. Don't give up on Jesus. Keep walking with Jesus. No matter what kind of storm you're going through, no matter how hard it is in your life right now, listen, God cares. God knows. And Jesus has been through it all. And he's here to help. He is that great high priest who has he has uh, seen and done and been through everything that we have and he never sinned once and he became our sacrifice to pay the price for our sins and we are as long as we are walking with him we are saved and when we take that last breath and we cross into eternity we will hear from his lips well done you good and faithful servant Enter into the joys of heaven. Who would not want to hear those words? So I just want to encourage you today to keep going and to not give up. That's what we're all about here at the Grind It Podcast. To encourage one another to keep going and to not give up. To keep grinding. And if we can help you in any way, if we can pray for you, you need to talk about some things. You want to learn more about Jesus. You want to become a Christian, but you don't know how. Email us. Any concerns that you have, and we will try to help you the best of our abilities. And if, if, if you're not in our area, 
uh, I can help you find somebody that is in your area to answer or help you with anything that you're facing. But we definitely want to pray for you and your concerns. So email me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and I will respond promptly. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today. And we'll finish up Hebrews 6 in the next podcast. God bless. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.